Several years ago when I first started preaching, I'll tell you a funny, uh, I, uh, I kind of got the jitters, and I, and, and I still say every time I preach, I still somewhat have the jitters. And, uh, uh, but I used to get them really, really bad, and when I first started out, I didn't have anybody to preach to. I didn't have anybody to practice to, and I think my family was tired of listening to me, so it didn't take long for that to wear out. So I had a, a utility room that was an extension of my carport, and I'd go outside and I would preach in the utility room, and I had two freezers in there, and so I'd preach to the freezers. And somebody said, well, did they get saved? I said, well, I'm not sure, but I do know they were under conviction at one point. So <laughs> I laugh and, and say that, but uh, those were the good old days. They were real days. There were days when I sought God like I'd never sought God. But I've learned something about these days of this uh, coronavirus. Uh, it, I've sensed a new freshness like I've never sensed before. And uh, I believe with all of my heart it, it has to do with what Brother Doug said a moment ago. Be still and know that I'm God because most of us are so busy we're not having time to be still. We're, we're doing this or we're doing that, and so we don't really have time to be still. Uh, in 2001, about two weeks after 9-11, we took a medical team and a construction team to Venezuela, and uh, when we got there, they told us prior to going that they had a great outbreak of dengue fever. That's not spelled D-I-N-G-Y, but it's spelled D-E-N-G-U-E. A lot of people name me Dengue, but uh, uh, that Dengue fever uh, was something that we knew was there. But you know something? We never thought it would ever happen to us. And I think that's the way this has been with this coronavirus. Most of us think, well, I know it's happened, but it's not going to happen to me. But... Friends, I got news for us. It very likely could happen to us. And I have friends who've lost many family members due to it. So let's take it serious and let's act wisely. And, and whenever Brother Doug says, you know, we don't need to start back meeting yet, let's trust his advice and wisdom because he is God's man that that God has called for this time and, and to be used for this purpose. So I want to talk about a man that God did use in the Bible, a man by the name of uh, Moses. And um, if you know anything about that story, you know that, that, that God had his hand on Moses from the very, very beginning. I'd like to start by reading in chapter 1, or excuse me, chapter 3, verse 1, and it said, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he laid the flock to the west side of the desert. And it came to the mountain of God, even to Mount Sinai. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. Now notice this. And many times you'll see the angel of the Lord or the word of the Lord appeared. But it says here, the angel of the Lord appeared 
unto him in the flame of a fire and out of the midst of a bush. And, the, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. In other words, it didn't, didn't burn up. And Moses said, I, I will now turn myself uh, aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw near here. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place where thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of the Father." The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses did hide his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Now there's a lot in between there, but the bottom line was the children of Israel were in bondage. The, the, the Egyptians had captured the, the Jewish people. They were in bondage. But God still had a plan for the Jewish people and still does today. But I want you to notice verse 10. It says, Now come therefore and I will send them unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. If you know anything about the book of uh, Exodus, you do know that God sends several plagues to try to get their attention especially Pharaoh's attention, but Pharaoh just would not listen. But, Mo, but Moses also had some questions that I think are legitimate questions. It's the same questions that you and I have many times in our life when God's dealing with us. We, we, we try to analyze it. We try to figure it out. And I know when I was going through the process of of going into the ministry full time, I, I, I tried to analyze it. I tried to figure it out, and nothing about it made sense. But it doesn't have to make sense. God still can have his hand on you. But I want you to look at verse 11, because he asked about four or five questions. And verse 11 says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of bondage? And First of all, he said, God, who am I to go to the king and tell him that you're to let the people go? He's not going to listen to me. He's going to laugh at me. The second question he said in verse 13, he said, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say, to me, what is thy name? Uh, what is his name? And what shall I say unto them? In other words, not only will Pharaoh not believe him, the children of Israel won't even believe me. They, 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 they don't know who I am. They won't know what I'm really called to do. Then the third thing is in chapter 4, verse 1 says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, 
I am he, the Lord hath sent me, but hath not appeared unto thee. And so, in other words, the children of Israel saying, God's not going to be in this. God's not going to believe this. And, and so Moses is building up his ideas why God is not going to use them because nobody's going to listen to him. And God said, hey, I got my hand on you. Just like God's got his hand on Brother Doug. God's got his hand on Moses. And during those years, God, I, I'd be first to say God had his hand on my life. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with my family. It had nothing to do with education. It had all to do with God. And I'll take the, I'll take the anointing of God over anything else every single time. The fourth question was is in chapter 4, verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. I'm not a good speaker. I'm slow of speech and of slow tongue. In other words, he said, God, I'm not, I'm not only a nobody, but I don't even speak well. I'm not an eloquent speaker. And so finally, in verse number 13, the fifth question, and he said, Oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou will send. And then in chapter 4, verse 14, it says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. God's man that God used to lead the children of Israel out of bondage to the promised land in the midst of all of that, God was mad at him. God, the Bible says he angered against Moses because Moses is making all of these excuses. And so I want you to understand in the midst of all of that, God is saying, hey, I'm bigger than you are. And we're going through a time when a lot of people are afraid. Now listen, don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that God brought on this virus I'd be a fool to say that because God doesn't bring bad things on good people but does God allow good uh, those things to come yes God does allow things to happen God allowed me to get by, bit by mosquitoes so that I'd get a virus but my ministry is still changed but yet still going and so I say that to say that it doesn't matter where we are that God is a God that of all power the, the name Elohim means that he's powerful and that he comes along beside the name Jehovah means Yahweh eternal existence so God has always been and always will be and as we think about this tonight as we think about what God's called us to do this is a golden opportunity, as Brother Doug said, to share our faith better than any other time in our lives. I've had more opportunity to share my faith now than I've probably ever had. Just a couple of weeks ago, I buried my barber, and, and uh, it was heartbreaking because I, I'd been witnessing to him for a long, long time, and, and I did his funeral, and 
I saw a lot of change in his life. I saw a lot of things take place, and I, I was excited about that. But the devil will always try to tell you, uh, but, but you're not worthy of that. You're not, you're not capable of telling people. So I want, to, I want to talk to you about two or three questions tonight that I really believe that we need to answer in our life. And the first question is this. Who is this God? In chapter 3 and verse number 6, the Bible says, Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon him. He's an all-knowing God. I got news for you. Before you tell God something, He already knows it. Before you admit your sin, God already knows what you've done. But the amazing thing that we need to learn tonight is that God is God and He is Elohim. He is Jehovah. He is all-knowing. He is the all-existent God who always knows what's going on in our life. And so... Who is this God that he's talking about? Second question is, who am I? And in, in, in verse number 11, if you'll look there, it says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? So my question is, who is this? In a real sense, Moses could not know who God was until he knew who Moses was. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. You can't be saved until you recognize you're lost. And you can't see the power of God until you recognize that he has it. There's a song we sing about the air we breathe. And I've learned every day of my life to be thankful for the air we breathe. The other morning I was laying in bed. I was having a really bad day. I wasn't feeling well. And, I, and that morning, I couldn't even tell you what TV station my TV was on. Because I honestly didn't feel like opening my eyes. I just laid there with my eyes closed. And I heard somebody say, who was in another country, they said, we need to pray for God to take this away. Man can't do it. And if we could do it, we'd win the Nobel Peace Prize. But only God can do it. And so I want to encourage you to pray with me. God, take this virus away. Because he's the only one who can do it. And God has called us. He knows us. But he wants to use us. And one of the things he wants to use us in is to be prayer warriors. And so as we think about who am I, he is the awesome God, but who am I? I I'm a nobody that is not even able to speak well, as Moses said. But he said, don't worry about that. Don't worry about what you can't do. Just obey what you can do. And I say to you tonight, church, that's where we need to be. I know as we look back through the Bible, we'll, we'll see a lot of things in the Bible that 
tell us that we don't need to worry about what, what we don't understand. We don't need to worry about what we don't know. All we need to do is worry about what we do know and understand. I'm sure Noah probably didn't feel adequate to build an ark. Best of my knowledge, I don't think he was an architect and he had all the skills, but God gave him one step at a time. And, and our problem as Christians is we want to know what's going to be down the road, but we're not going to know that. God gives us by faith the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. I'm sure David must have felt pretty small next to a giant by the name of Goliath. But you know, he didn't come to him with a sword. He came to him in the name of the Lord. And so the three Hebrew boys, as they faced the fiery furnace, if you remember, they'd already committed in their heart. It started a long time ago. So as we look at the questions about who am I, last thing I want to ask you is, who do you belong to? In chapter 4, look at verse 1 again. And this is what it says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. You see, there's a lot more to that story about how God told him to look in his hand and all of a sudden a rod became a snake. Probably when I'd have been out of there, but at any rate, God told him to pick it up and he did and it became a rod again. And the question we have to ask is, who do we belong to? The national or natural excuse is to make excuses to the Lord. Moses began to tell God, I'm not, I, I can't do it. I, I'm sure David did. I'm sure when he faced Goliath, I'm sure he did. But through all of this, God is still in control. And so tonight, I want to ask you this question, who do you belong to? You say, I belong to God. Well, let me give you a word of advice. If you belong to God, then you're one of his children. And God loves you and God cares for you. And God never said you wouldn't go through troubles or trials. But God said, I'll always, always be with you. And I'll never forsake you no matter what. You see, God's response to Moses is, and verse 9 is to let him know that when the Lord gets through working in and through him, that there will be no doubt in the minds of the people who God really is. And I want to tell you tonight, when God gets through working with us, and when we get through with all this virus that we're going through, we're going to be stronger Christians, but we're going to be able to look back and say, God endured and saw us endure through this difficult time in our life. So let me close with this by saying, 
regardless of all the excuses that you can make up about not doing God's will, I want you to say, the bottom line is tonight, I may have missed everything else, but I want God to be first place in my life. I want Him to be my Lord and Savior, and I want to serve Him for the rest of my life. I want heaven to be my home. So I pray if you've not got that settled before you go to bed this night, you'll settle it. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for the privilege that you've given us to call you Father and to know that you are our God. I thank you, Lord, for loving us and being good to us. And Lord, so many times we've made excuses in our life why we couldn't do such and such. Help us to know that we can do all things through Christ. And I pray we'll believe that, accept that, and live by that. And we give you glory in Christ's name. Amen. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor at Underwood Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and it's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to a sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that he will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us, go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org, and all our contact information is there. We hope you're blessed through today's message.